0: What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It's good to be with you. If you just stumbled upon the podcast for the first time, Welcome. We are glad to have you. Uh, We'd love to have you come hang out with us on our closed Facebook group that we have for husbands and dads, or I guess just men in general. There's some single guys in there who are soaking up the wisdom, but uh, there are thousands of guys from around the world who are part of that group uh, and who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. So we'd love to have you come be a part of that. You can do that by going to dadtire.com and clicking the community tab That will link you over to that closed group, like I said, with thousands of guys from around the world who are taking their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. Come hang out there. Um, Also, if you haven't yet to pick up the devotional for men, we would highly encourage you to pick that up. Uh, It's a 28-day... Gospel-centered devotional for guys called Stop Behaving. The whole premise of the book is that we are not trying to get simply manage our behavior, but we want our hearts to be changed by Jesus. And we we recognize that if Jesus actually can change our hearts, then our behavior will, will change as a result of that. So um, pick up the devotional at dadtired.com. Click the devotional tab. Also, and kind of finally on the announcement, uh, our final announcement (laughs) as we get started here. uh, Thank you for those of you that continue to leave reviews of the podcast. It's super helpful. It's one of the easiest ways and most helpful ways that you can contribute to our ministry. Uh, Your review is super helpful because as other people are browsing for Christian podcasts or for podcasts in general, uh, for parenting podcasts, they trust reviews. And so as you post your review and kind of share how it's affected you or been helpful or encouraging to you, other people trust that review to begin to listen. And our whole goal is that we want to share the gospel and remind guys of the gospel, as many of those guys as we can. That's the whole point of what we're doing. We're a nonprofit 501c3 ministry, uh, and we just want to we want to talk to a lot of people about Jesus and encourage people, uh, remind them of the gospel, who they are in Jesus, and as a result, uh, equip them to lead their families really well. So. Uh, your review is super helpful in us spreading the world word on that. Um, I'm going to start out with a little bit of a of a story that will feel kind of like a tangent. If you listen to podcasts a lot, you'll know that that's normal for me <laughs> to feel like I'm kind of rambling or talking through tangents. I apologize for that, um, but I, I want to start out with a story. It has been an insane week. Um, so anyway, I saw. So <laughs> I'll start with the story, and then uh, I promise you, I'll, I'm going to get to a point that's actually applicable to you and to all of us. So, uh, but man, it's been insane, insane week. We started for many of you that have listened to the podcast for a long time. You know that um, I, we we've been on a foster journey, and we've been foster parents. Actually, we started in January, so ten months now. But we've only fostered one little girl, and she's kind of been in. She's been in our home for months at a time, days at a time, weeks at a time. She's come in and out of our care over over the course of this year and we've really fallen in love with her. She's she's become part of our family. We've gotten close to her family. Anyway, if you follow along on Instagram or whatever, you, you know that um, she came back to us kind of unexpectedly and then she got to go home and then she unexpectedly again came back this week. Um, but the good news is for those of you who have been asking about it and sending me messages um, she 's home and she 's safe and she 's with her mom, which is a really good thing um, so we 're happy about that but yeah, so that kind of contributed to the start of the craziness um One of the things that i 've been really like convicted about and that 's a that 's a really can be churchy word but i 've legitimately felt convicted about this um, the last i guess i 've thought about it for the last couple of years, but definitely the last couple of weeks and months uh, have actually had like a conviction about it. And one of the conviction is that I I feel like I've been leading my family poorly when it comes to finances uh, or financial like, um, discipline. And we don't make a ton of money. Like in full transparency, we don't make a ton. My wife's a nurse part-time at the hospital. I own my own business, but we're just starting as a business. We're growing. It's been really great. But, um, you know, not making tons of money. We're certainly not getting wrench off of it. Uh, and then Dad Tired um, brings in money. A lot of you are graciously donate and obviously I'm selling a book and the book sales are going well, but I actually have yet to receive any money from Dad Tired. I don't collect a paycheck. We have a board of directors who is my accountability so that I don't go off the deep end or if if and when I do go on the deep, off the deep end, there's some older, wiser men who can uh, speak into my life and kind of protect. I just don't feel like ministry should ever be focused around one person uh, or in the sole responsibility of one person at the very least. So uh, I purposely made Dad Tired a nonprofit so that there would be a level of accountability there. And it's not just the Jared show. Um, so anyway, the the Dad Tired board is in, um, they're in the process of talking about what it would look like for me to get a small stipend every month as a kind of a, uh, a way of saying thank you for all the hours that I put. I put in tons and tons of hours into dad tired, into content into pr- preparation into discipling other guys and talking to other guys and all kinds of stuff. So, um, writing all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I as of today, I've yet to collect any paycheck on that. My whole point is, uh, with the finances that we do have, Trying to be really diligent. And uh, I just feel like, you know, in order to be a a good leader and a good spiritual leader, and to be a good, uh, and and in order to be freely equipped and, and able to uh be freed up to be used by God. Uh it, being debt free is like a huge part of that. And I've always kind of known that and I've dabbled in like thinking about being debt free. We have school loans that we need to pay off. We have a car that we need to pay off. Uh, and and so I'm just like I've kind of always dabbled in it and just like, ah, eh, we'll probably always be in debt because I think a lot of people our age think that in our 20s and 30s like ah, debt's just like part of life and you're always going to have it. But that said, I've just been really convicted lately like man, I want to be used by God. I want our family to be used by God in big ways. And one of the ways that we can free ourselves uh to do that is being debt-free and to kind of get out from under uh the slavery of of owing money to somebody else or a lender or a bank. And so I You know, about a month ago, I told my wife, like, babe, all right, I I know I've been poor at this. I've been poor at leading our family towards this, and I haven't been diligent or disciplined in this, but I really want to change this. This is is an area of my life and exercise, uh, a muscle in my life that I've yet to exercise and I want to get really good at. And so I've been like, you know, I've been reading every Dave Ramsey course and studying everything I can do and listening to podcasts and all, all kinds of stuff to just try to really grow in this area so that I can lead my family well. Um, again, it's going to feel like a long story, but I promise I'm getting somewhere with it. All that to say, we're, we've been extremely intentional about how we've been spending our money and how we've been a very aggressively paying off debt, putting money aside for emergencies, things like that. So, uh, Every week, every day for the last week we 've been like penny pinching we 've literally been eating beans and rice for dinner on some nights, uh, just as a way to save money and free ourselves to debt and from debt to be used by God uh, for his glory freely, fully. Um, that said, I would took my son fishing if you again, if you hang out with me on instagram, you know i 'm always taking my kids fishing. I took my son fishing this last Sunday. Uh, just over a week ago, from when you're listening to this podcast, I took him fishing. We caught just the freaking monster bass—literally the biggest fish we've ever caught. I was taking tons of pictures of it, and you can see where this story's going. I dropped my phone in the water, uh, and we were on a dock pretty close to shore, but it sunk down. It was—I think right there—it's like 20, at least 20 feet. No fishing pole can touch it. No arms, like you can't stand up, and it's really, really deep and freezing cold. So uh, I lost my cell phone, uh, which I had just bought. We actually had just switched over. Our plan in order to save money we we kind of beat the system as it were and like uh readjusted cell phone plans and all that so that we can save some money so i just got this new phone and then you know a month later it's at the bottom of the river which is you know whatever it's part of it's part of life everyone that happens to everyone whatever no big deal uh other than we had to pay over $1,000 to buy that phone out, buy another phone, all that. It was stressful. It was not fun, but it's whatever. It's part of life. You move on. That was on Sunday. Yesterday for me, which was, uh, Thursday, I took my daughter and my son fishing. You probably, you may have watched this Instagram story. We're trying to catch squirrels all day and we didn't catch any squirrels. Uh, and so we went fishing, which is, we know we're good at fishing. So we went fishing And we get there and I tell my daughter, she, she, for whatever reason, she's normally into fishing, but she didn't want to fish this day. And so she, she said, she's begging me to watch YouTube kids, Peppa Pig on YouTube. So I'm like, all right, baby, you have to sit in the middle of the dock. So if you drop the phone in any direction within, you know, eight feet it's going to land near you, you know? And I said, I'm so worried about dropping my phone. You know, daddy just lost his phone. We had to pay a lot of money. We're trying to save money, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I won't, I won't, I won't blah, blah, blah. She's starts watching the show. It's not loading very well because the internet's bad out there. She gets frustrated. My daughter has temper tantrums and she literally takes the phone. And I kid you not freaking Matt Hasselbeck, Uh, That's the worst quarterback analogy i could paint manning uh tom brady like whoever you want to say joe montana for you old schoolers like just throws my phone spirals it across all the way uh you know into the middle of the river and i just watch it sink and dude to say that i was angry uh, would be such a big understatement. I literally was shaking with anger and I screamed at her at the top of my lungs. And I was just like, get in the car now. I can't believe you did that. I a much higher volume than what I just did right there. Dude, I just screamed at her. And, uh, and we went to the car and just buckled her in her car. And I just throw all my fishing stuff in there. And Uh, and we're driving away and I just yell at her, man. I just rip into her. How could you do that? What are you thinking? You're not going to ever get to go fishing with me again. We lost so much money, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I'm just yelling. I'm so angry. I'm literally, I was shaking. My chest is tight. Uh, And dude, I was just, I honestly, I know this sounds so dumb because we're talking about a phone, but I don't know there. I'm not, I wouldn't normally consider myself an angry guy, but I couldn't think of off the top of my head a time where I responded in anger more than that situation. And there's so many elements of the story that w- made it frustrating. You know, I just four days earlier had to f- fork out tons of money. We're trying to be more diligent and sp- spending less money. I leave today. Literally, it's 1:29 PM on Friday. I, my flight leaves at seven to go to the Dominican Republic for a week. Uh, so trying to think through how am I even going to get a phone? I'm going to be gone from my family. I still have to work for the next week. Uh, there's just so many things frustrating about the situation And again, I promise you, I'm going to wrap this up very, very quickly. And I'm going to tell you why I'm telling you all this. I'm screaming at her. We're in the car. I have to drive to literally three different Verizons to try to get somebody that will help me and talk to me. It's late at night. Some of them are closing all of this, blah, blah, blah. And the car at this point is just quiet. I told her, I don't want to talk. I'm not in the mood to talk right now. I'm so angry. And so we're driving and it's just silent in the car. And I've probably had like, you know, 25 to 30 minutes of driving around to these different places in the quiet. And as my emotions start to settle very, very slowly, I'm thinking to myself, uh, what am I actually so mad at? Like, I literally asked myself that question, like, Jared, what what are you so angry with right now? And I've done podcasts in the past. In fact, there's a there's a podcast called um, "Anger is Never the First Emotion." I don't know what episode it is, but go back and look. You can find this one. It's called "Anger is Never the First Emotion." And so I asked myself in that moment. I said, "Jared, like, what? Do you, what the heck are you so mad at? Like, are you really that mad at the phone uh, being gone? Are you that mad at the money that you're going to need to spend again? The money that you lost?" Um, are you that mad at your four year old daughter? Because um, really, even in the midst of being really pissed off, I was able to recognize that my anger did not match the circumstance. Like I was over the top angry at my daughter and at the situation. And I was asking myself, like, what, Jared, what are you really actually mad at? And I think what it came down to, I think um, at the, at as I've processed in the last 12 hours. So my answer may totally change in the next 24 hours. But in the last 12 hours, I think what I realized is, um, you boil all the circumstances down, all the reasons that made me mad. And I think at the end of the day, the thing that actually made me most mad, if I'm honest with myself, is that I feel completely out of control. Um, I feel like I try to take control of my finances, and then stuff keeps hitting the fan, and I keep falling backwards on it. I feel like I have tried to take control of my daughter's behavior, which is something I I've struggled with. She's nothing like my son. She's um, strong-willed and feisty, and uh, and so for years that you know, from basically a year and a half on, as she's kind of showed defiant behavior. Um, and strong will behavior, I feel like I've been trying to practice learning how to discipline her and how to coach her and how to love her and how to parent her well. And I don't feel like I'm doing very well at that. And, you know, it's especially a job when I lead a ministry called Dad Tired where I'm trying to equip men to lead their families well. And I have a daughter, I mean, of course, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing as a dad really in general with either of my kids. But with my daughter, especially just feeling that deep sense of like I, everything I'm trying is failing and I feel completely out of control and I feel really inadequate and I feel kind of scared. Um, I think those are my first emotions. I don't think anger is my first emotion. I think that her throwing the phone and to the river was really just like this gasoline that ignited the the real emotions that were already inside of me. And it turns out like I have a fire in my stomach that is much bigger uh, than I knew. In fact, I didn't even know there was a fire in my stomach, but uh, you put me in a situation like that and all of a sudden I realized that there's, there's like a fire in me. Um and i was I, and i just exploded it it was just like gasoline on on this wood that or this little fire that had been sitting there and so i'm trying to figure out like what what is it really cuz here's the deal it's a phone right like i mean part of why i think i was so upset is cuz i think there's a level of worship when it comes to technology in my phone uh i think a lot of us struggle with that i think it, I've heard one pastor say, you want to know what you worship? Like what gives you the most emotion, uh, either high or low, what gives you the most emotion? And that will indicate what you actually worship. And the fact that I had so much emotion over that phone and losing the phone, I think some, I think it was deeper than the phone, but but I think that it the device itself contributed to that. And there's a level of worshiping happening there uh, and that I probably need to explore more deeply. Like where am I finding value and identity and hope and security and all that stuff? Um, but there's this deep sense of feeling out of control, and and I think, really, like like I was just saying, it's just a phone, you know, like it's a phone. It can be replaced, uh, and it seems so stupid and like really, really silly and significant or or insignificant in the scope of like greater picture stuff. Like the fact is. There's people who are being persecuted for the gospel. There's people who are dying of cancer. There's people who are really sick and really hurting. Like there's some big stuff going on and big deal. I lost a phone. But even bigger than the phone is the underlying issue of feeling out of control. And I had to ask myself last night, literally as I was driving to Verizon, do I believe God is a good God, even when I feel out of control? Not just because I lost an iPhone. Yes, God's a good God if my phone ends up in the bottom of the river. Even if two of my phones end up in the bottom of the river, yes, God is still a good God. Absolutely. But uh, even bigger than that, like when I feel out of control, do I still believe that God is a good God? That He is for me. He's not against me. That He's planned out all the days of my life ahead of time. That He's deeply concerned with my character. That he uses all the circumstances of my life to shape my character to become more like him. And that he's consumed with his glory. That he wants best for me and my good so that he can be most glorified. Like, do I actually believe that? Because here's the thing. If I did believe that, if I did genuinely believe and trust that God is good, not like in the churchy, put it on a banner and hang it in a window or put it on a coffee mug. God is good all the time. But like, not like cheap, but like this deep peace, like the Jewish culture would call it a shalom. This deep shalom or peace within me that, that is, uh, or as Jesus said, like you're, it's, you're camped on a rock that will not sink as opposed to sinking sand. Like it's that kind of goodness and this faith and trust in God that he is good. He's ultimately for me. He's for my character. He's for developing me to become more like him and find more joy and satisfaction in him and for his glory. Like if I actually believe that, then I can of course be mad when my daughter throws a phone into the river, but, but not so much to the point that it's it doesn't make sense for the for the situation because i recognize that man god is good that he uses all the crap in the world to shape me it's actually a blessing it makes me more like him it, it it shapes me like james says consider it pure joy brothers when you encounter trials of many kinds and again it's bigger than just a phone being thrown into the river like consider it a pure joy when you're persecuted when you are crushed when you're made fun of when you go through crap because god is you to perfect your faith, to perfect your character, to help you become more like Him so that you would actually find the most joy in Him and He would be most glorified. Because here's the truth. Uh, All of us are out of control. We love the idea, dude, you love the idea of being in control, whether you know it or not. Uh, But you and I are constantly fighting for control. But the thing is, we are out of control. We're out of control. And do we believe that God is good and that he's for us and that he, he shapes all things to make us more like him and to give himself glory? Do we believe that? Like when our boss says you're fired and you're out of a job. Do you believe that when your wife looks at you and says, I want a divorce or I'm leaving you? Do you believe that when your kid is getting bullied at school? Do you believe that when the doctor looks you in the eye and gives you a bad report? Are you camped on a rock? Do you believe in your soul of souls? Do you have this deep shalom, this peace that's bigger than just circumstances that reminds you, I serve a good God? Because here's the thing. I don't think God cares about my iPhone. I've talked about this a little bit before, and I know there's some people who disagree with me on that, that God cares about all the little details. Maybe he does, but I know for a fact, God is most concerned with my good, my character and his glory, and he is operating outside of time, meaning God doesn't really care about the here and now phone because he's in the long game. He's in the long-term game. He's, He's in it for the long haul. What situations will I allow Jared to go through or will I allow whomever to go through in order that they would fall more in love with me, in order that they would come uh, to be more like me and develop more character and that we would continue to chip away sin and darkness and evil off of their hearts so that they would begin to be restored back to the way things used to be. Like, I'll allow Jared and whoever to go through the situations I need them to go through so that they can get rid of the crap that they're still hanging on to for joy and satisfaction, and hope and that they would become more like me and find more joy in me and when that happens God is satisfied God is delighted God finds joy he gets glory when we are fully satisfied in him and him alone and so I just don't think he cares about my phone I think he cares about my character which is my good and his glory God's in it for the long haul man Keep in mind, God is outside of time. He is not operating on a 24-hour day, day 365-day year, 80-year lifespan like you and I are. He's okay playing the long game. He's outside of it and he's in it for eternity. And so he is not rushed. When you feel like, God, you're not answering my prayer. How come you're not being good? God is not rushed. He is outside of time. There's not a rushed bone in his body. (laughs) God is in it for the long haul. And so, man, uh, in the midst of all of this, in the midst of my daughter throwing this phone and me having a temper tantrum uh, and going nuts and feeling really just childish in how I responded to that. In the midst of all that, I'm reminded, one, that there's always deeper stuff going on than what presents itself on the surface. Anger is never the first emotion. There's always something deeper happening in there. And I'm also reminded today as I woke up with regret at how I yelled at my four-year-old. And the things that I said to my four-year-old to really shame her for her bad decision. As I woke up like that, I was reminded again that God's mercy and God's grace is new every single morning. And I think that's because we need it every single morning. And today I need God's grace and you brother need God's grace. And the good news is he's got plenty of it. In fact, it's unending And regardless of your last temper tantrum or what you're mad at or how you last treated people, God is ready and faithful and excited about giving you a brand new dose of grace today. And it's that grace that will motivate me to turn this podcast off, to hit the stop button, to walk outside of this room and to grab my baby girl and to look her in the face and tell her daddy, loves you regardless of the decisions you make. And even when you hurt me, I won't stop chasing after you. I won't stop pursuing you. And I won't stop forgiving you because God does not stop forgiving daddy. It's that grace that can give grace towards your wife when she says that she's ready to call it quits on your marriage or your boss who's ready to fire you, the doctor who gives you bad news, the bully who's picking on your kid unjustly. These are really, really hard things, but we want to be men who recognize that God has been so gracious to us, and would we be so filled up with that graciousness and forgiveness that we are constantly overflowing that to other people. I know a lot of you struggle with anger and a lot of you are having to listen to, I didn't even know I had an anger problem, honestly, until I had kids. I didn't recognize it at all until I had kids. And then I was like, holy crap, there's a side of me. There's this sin nature in me that's even bigger than I imagined it to be. And yet God will allow me to go through crap so that he can expose it. He can use it as a mirror and help me to become more like him. And then he doesn't leave me there in my shame. He says, look how jacked up and broken you are. I've got forgiveness for that. I've got healing for that. I've got restoration for that. And man, if we're humble and we just step into it, um, I think God's got good things in store for us. So my prayer for you today is whatever you're going through, know uh, anger is not your first emotion. What are you actually worshiping? What's causing you so much emotion? Uh, What is the what is the layer behind the layer? What's actually going on beneath the anger? If you're out of control, it's okay. We serve a God who's in control. Even when things seemed out of control and he's getting nailed to a cross, things seemed really out of control. Even at that moment, God was fully in control. He has never lost control. We serve a sovereign God who is good, who is all about your good and his glory. So if you feel out of control today, that's okay. It's all right because we serve a God who's in control. You're not the provider. You're not the best. You're not the best planner. You're a bad God. God's a better God. Turn to him. Step into God's grace and give God's grace freely. I love you, brothers. Thanks for listening.